If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I'm your host, Matt Brady. Joining me, as always, is Thomas the Motos Davis and Alan Thomas. And today, we're going to be bringing some PS1 hidden gems. One of my favorite systems of all time, as voted by us in our top ten. I think it was our top two video game console of all time. And, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and start off this time with Alan. Hey, so my first pick for this was Vandal Hearts. Uh, this was one of like the first strategy games that I ever picked up back when I was actually back when PlayStation One was still relevant. Um, and again, on a system with a ton of RPGs, yeah, this one pretty easily got overlooked. And it's it's definitely not Final Fantasy Tactics. But it's still a super fun strategy RPG game that, as we just found out, actually did come before Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes. So the kind of cool thing about this game is that you kind of just play through it. There's nothing special. There's no, like, secret things you have to do. There's no, like, really hard part that you have to get through. You just play through it. It's sort of an interesting story. You play as a group of characters... Um, and every couple fights you get a new character towards the end of the game you have like 10 plus of them all in the same fight so you get pretty large battles yeah. and each one you know they go through like a variety of like 3 or 4 different classes like their archers or their you know combat or healing magic or fighters uh, and the cool sort of unique thing about this game is the intense bloodbath that comes every time someone dies uh, so it's sort of like a fountain, I think, is the best, or like a geyser of blood. So when you kill, or one of your guys gets killed, it just goes, and just blood shoots up into the air. <laughs> so there's one fight where you're on like a train or something that moves. I think it's a train. And the geyser of blood knows that you're on a train. And blood just starts flying backwards out of the bad guys. It, it looks so cheesy, but it's, like, super endearing at the same time. That sounds amazing. I want to go play this game right now. Like, <laughs> I, I want to play this game right now. Oh, uh, is it on... I mean, we just looked it up. It's not on PSN. Not on PSN. I suppose I could ship you my copy of it, but... No, don't do that. That's not... No, 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 no. This, this, game's, this game's too rare to... Uh, don't do that. 
Maybe just move back to Portland. Yeah, I suppose that <laughs> <laughs> Thomas and I both need to do that. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Okay. Um, I'll actually go second. And uh, one of the games I want to talk about is Intelligent Cube. This game, the best way to sum it up, in a way, it's kind of like think like 3D Bomberman. Um, you're on this like linear plane where you're behind your main character, and it's a puzzle game. And so what happens is these blocks start like crawling towards you. Um, they, and you can kind of speed up if you want them to go faster or not. And what happens is you get to run around on these little squares on this grid. And you, like, place down these little bombs and the blo- the bomb will blow up um, blocks. And so your goal is to, one, blow up all the blocks. So, th- like, there's green blocks and then there's, like, these, like, more colored green blocks and those are bombs and then there's black squares and you can't blow up the black squares if you blow up the black square what happens is the space behind you will fall off and if you're standing on it you'll fall into the abyss and so there's like a lot of like puzzle strategy in it um but the game is just really cool because it's really different and it's just a completely unique take on a puzzle game and i have like never played any other game like it and the game gets super super hard super fast because like it just starts moving much quicker and much quicker and there's so many there's so much more um strategy involved because you need to blow blow up all the bomb squares all of the regular squares but none of the black squares and so you really have to like think really far ahead how you want to do it and one of the cool things about it though is that as the blocks start rolling towards you, if you've created spaces, you can then have that block, you know, if you're standing in a space, you can have the block, like, roll over you, and then you can, like, run around and do stuff while it's rolling because you're not getting crushed by it. So you can't get crushed by the blocks, and you can't fall off the edge. But the game is super unique, and it is definitely, like, the epitome of a hidden gem on the PlayStation 1. Um, unfortunately, buying the game today is extremely expensive. I mean, like, sealed copies are, like, $600. Um, it is, however, on the Japanese and European PSN, but unfortunately not on the North American PSN, which is super sad. But... I had a demo of this, one of the PlayStation Magazine yeah. Uh, yeah, it demo was, discs. It was, one of, it was one of the first PlayStation demo discs. Yeah, it was on it. Hmm. Yeah, it is It is. It is a lot of fun. And it never had like a – well, I guess it did have a sequel, but it was like only released in Japan. And, it, you know, it's just – I don't think the game did very well in America. And that's why we never, never saw much more of it. But okay. Hmm. All right. Um, we will move back to we'll move back to Alan. Oh. All right, my second game. <laughs> Wait, Thomas hasn't gone yet. Thomas gets to no, go. No, I haven't. Boo! <laughs> uh, okay, Thomas. Thomas gets. Thomas gets to go. I don't know if I want anymore. Fuck you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, the first game I'll be talking about today is Kingsfield. Now, Kingsfield is. Essentially, it is the granddaddy of what we know as Dark Souls and Demon Souls and yes. Dark Souls Two. This, those were actually spiritual success, uh, spiritual successors to the Kingsfield series. Yes. Although I will admit they are actually rather wildly different, except for maybe the difficulty level. So Kingsfield, what we have at what we know as Kingsfield was actually Kingsfield Two, so the second game in the series. Uh, it's a first-person dungeon crawling hack and slash. 
So think Morrowind, except a lot slower paced, a lot less, uh, well, a lot less open world. Although in most of the games, you could go anywhere at any time, provided you had the equipment to do so. Yeah. Um, it's it's really just an excellent example of a first person RPG. Like it is in, com- completely action based. Uh, so as you walk, you can walk around, jump, um, you swing your weapons, and everything like that. Exactly like what we'd assume, to, like like what we'd see in Skyrim or any of the other Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a very a very basic magic system. I mean, essentially, you have like fireballs and a couple like healing spells. And I think a couple other stat boosting spells, but for the most part, it was it was swords and melee combat. There was a bow and arrow, or a couple bows, but they weren't super effective, if I remember correctly. However, the game is the game is a lot of fun. It doesn't hold up super well these days. It really is an early PlayStation One game. Yeah, and it show it leaks it from every pore. It's ugly as hell, but <laughs> it it is worth playing if only to to see where games like Dark Souls and Demon Souls came from. Yeah, and it also had a sequel. It had another sequel on the PlayStation One, and then there was a fourth game made for the PlayStation Two, which was, in my opinion, worlds better. Uh. It looks a lot better. It feels a lot better to play, uh, and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. Well, all right. Um, I will do the next game, and this is Van Ark. Um, probably the easiest way to describe this game is it's Star Fox on it's Star Fox sixty four on the PlayStation one. Um, I mean, I think that that is without question the single easiest way to describe this game. This game is another, like, you know, the epitome of hidden gem on the PlayStation 1. Um, I mean, it plays just like Star Fox 64. Uh, there's not, like, the ro- um, where you're, like, the 3D levels where you're flying around and, like, the, you can kind of control your own ship. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it is that kind of, like, behind the ship, um, you know, standard, like, 3D view. Uh, one of the cool things about this game, though, is that in between the levels, you're on this ship. And you get to run around as your character and like talk to um, the other characters on the ship, and so you get like story. You get the story like told through to you through these like interactive elements. And there's a lot of there's like anime cutscenes, and it's done really well. Um, this game is pretty difficult to find. I mean, definitely your best bet is buying it on eBay or Amazon. Um, I like randomly happened to find this game at a used game store, and I think i spent uh 35 dollars on it um but it is definitely a lot of fun the graphics are you know i mean they're ps1 graphics but they're pretty cool yeah they look really good for ps1 i'm looking at it yeah yeah the graphic yeah the graphics are really cool like really cool the game is fun it's fast it's action um you like go underwater and there's um sometimes there's like 
uh, branching paths, like kind of similar to uh, Panzer Dragoon Orta. If you've ever played that game, like sometimes you'll they'll be like you can go left or you can go right, which is kind of cool. Um, but it is definitely definitely worth checking out. If you ever find it at a used game store, buy it because this game this game is like it's been getting a lot of recognition lately amongst collectors. So it is certainly certainly becoming more and more difficult to find, even though it's you know already already pretty hard to find in itself. But it is definitely definitely worth checking out. Uh, sometimes the in but where you're in the between the levels, um, it can be a little clunky and kind of take a little while. Sometimes you're like I don't know what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to talk to. But, um, I mean, that's just a, a slight flaw to it. But um, I think it's gotten really, really good reviews, and it is definitely worth checking out. So, okay, all right, moving on we uh, to Thomas. Yes. So the last game I have for you today is, I would say, the most hidden. <laughs> it, it probably is. <laughs> definitely the most hidden and I have a, almost a hard time calling it a gem, too. I would say it's an unpolished rock of a game called yes. LSD, the was it, Dream Simulator. Was this game only released in Japan? I want to say yes. Okay. This is a Japanese-only release. However, it definitely warrants being talked about because it's a weird game. Yeah. So this game is based off of the Dream Journal of... Uh, Hiroko Nishikawa, who was a staff member of at a company called uh, was Asmic Ace Entertainment. And oh became, yeah, yeah. And this is a decade-long dream journal, so there's a lot of things in it. And then they decided to make a game about it. So what they ended up with is this really bizarre first-person exploration game, where you're, you're usually going through a world that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like it's gonna be environments that are really strange, kind of disjointed feeling. There's a lot of really surreal encounters, like flying fish or giant talking stone heads. And the interesting thing is the game's built to be played in in like smaller sections, usually around like ten minutes. Uh, and every time you complete one of these sections, you get another lit up square on this giant grid of all the different like experiences you can have yeah and it, it it's kind of interesting because different things will transport you to different parts of the game in, in different ways so if you don't encounter anything and you're just wandering around for long enough eventually you'll just switch over to the next environment right then and there uh there are also encounters that'll send you to other places essentially and it feels really, really random. Like, you don't know wh- where you're going to go. But, I mean, all it, can, it, all it takes is as little as bumping into an object that you didn't really realize was something that would change the level. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking at screenshots of this right now, this game right now, and I'm like, I have literally no idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> it is <laughs> such... It is such a strange, strange game. How did and, you How did you find out about this game? Oh my god! I think I think it was through the something off the forums actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I was just browsing a thread on on PlayStation One games, and then somebody brought up LSD, and it spiraled into this strange realm of what the hell am I looking at, and how can I play it? Yeah. How 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 have you played this game? 
Uh, I have gotten it to work with an emulator. Oh, um, okay. Specific, uh, I don't remember the specific emulator I used, but it definitely took a little bit of work just because of the nature of PlayStation emulation. Yeah. Um, and, but once I got it working, it worked fairly well for a while until the emulator crashed about yeah. 10, 20 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of the unfortunate downside to PS1 emulators. They're kind of difficult. Yeah. Now, it did get released on the PlayStation Network for Japan. Yes. So if you have a Japanese PlayStation Network account, you can definitely play, download it and play it through there, uh, provided you're able to, of course, get yet onto your PlayStation Network account. Yeah, we're definitely going to do a video at some point talking just specifically about that because I'm certainly interested and I think it's, it is definitely something people should know about. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, LSD is one hell of a trip. I mean. All right. All right, and uh, going back to Alan for the last game. All right, last game of the day is uh, a strategy RPG. It's called Brigandine. Uh, It's a pretty hard-to-find game. I ended up having to emulate it once I heard about it. It's one of the many great games brought to us by Atlas here in the States. Um so sort of sort of a, like you're set in a continent it's a very the game kind of it's just sort of like a risky game it's sort of like playing a game of risk except for that there's five plus one faction five playable and one that's sort of playable if you know the trick to it which I don't know um, basically at the beginning of the game you, you know, it kind of sets up the war between these factions you pick one of the five that you want and they sort of each have their strengths and weaknesses and then that you you go into this kind of game that's length is dependent on the difficulty you choose and uh it's a lot of depth to it there's uh both like knights for each, each faction and monsters and the monsters are the same throughout the whole world but each city will kind of have its unique selection of which ones you can summon so uh from like weak to strong you have like you know pixies and dragons and all the gamut of fantasy monsters and you have your knights each have a certain amount of of mana that they can hold that number of monsters or strength level of monsters when you go into a battle um you know you're either attacking or defending and and you have a hex based grid you sort of move in turn like all your guys move then all their guys move and back and forth uh and the point is just to conquer the entire land in the time limit that you have so uh, sort of a couple problems like the AI in this game is not great definitely play it on hard because easy is stupid yeah. and normal is just not difficult at all uh, but it's it's just a cool game and like uh, you know it's a fun strategy and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of this kind of strategy where it's like grand so more of a grand strategy like a total war type situation you know where you have like a whole continent and the the whole point of the game is just this giant battle right not like tactics where you have each individual battle like decide something this one like you you have upkeep you have you know resource management so it's so it's each kind of game you play it is going to be a little different so it has replayability for that for that factor but it's not like a straight story necessarily that you go through there is some story elements, but it's more about, you know, just having playing it like a board game kinda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is another game that is um 
another very rare and expensive game for the PS1. <laughs> <laughs> and only on the Japanese PlayStation Network. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know, there, okay. So there are some there are some PS1 hidden hidden gems again um, for collecting. A lot of these, especially if you're into RPGs. I mean. There are so many great RPGs on the PS1. You can ne- definitely never go wrong playing any of them because they're, you know, it's probably the best system for RPGs. I mean, that's debatable among, amongst the SNES. But again, um, yeah, so some PS1 hidden gems um, definitely worth taking a look at. So as always, thanks for listening.